Welcome back to Yes, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis. Season 5, Episode 8, In Too Deep. Original air date, June 11th, 2012. A submarine mishap ruins a romantic outing for Carter and Allison, and Joe must sort through pranks at Global Dynamics to save them. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Terry Hughes Burton, Ron Milbauer and John Herrera, and directed by Colin Ferguson. Hi, this is Vicki, and we're back for Season 5, Episode 8, Into Deep. I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey. Morning, Dr. Blake. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Dr. Blake. Is anyone else going to come out of there? It's a closet, not a clown car. Okay, what were you guys doing in there? They were both servicing me. I'm sorry that I asked. It's getting very crowded in the smart house. We not only have Sarah, Carter, Allison, Kevin, and Jenna, but Andy Fargo and now a holographic Holly who can move about the smart house. Allison is getting tired of it all and is looking forward to some alone time in the new marine lab. She lets it slip to Carter that she has not yet informed her family of their engagement. Carter, who is also feeling the chaos of all the inhabitants in the smart house, asks Andy to talk to Fargo to see if he can get him to go home for a while at some point. We also discover, much to Carter's surprise, that it's Feynman Day, Eureka's version of April Fool's Day. Over at GD, Joe is trying to keep a handle on the Feynman Day pranks. All pranks had to be pre-approved before they were performed. Joe, being a little bit over the top about approval, is not happy to say the least when she witnesses pranks that have not been approved. Zane tries to talk to her and convince her that it's all in fun so that she would chill out a little bit as he changes her clothes into some sort of cat suit, which was also not approved. But Joe was having none of it. Dr. Fowler, whose redaction was redacted by Fargo, reports his brachiopods missing. Believing this to be another unauthorized prank, Joe goes on the hunt for the culprit. Zane is informed by a pranked and squeaky Larry that he's been promoted to Section 5. He believes that to be a prank as well. Allison is enjoying the silence of the marine lab when she feels it detach and the computer informs her that it is launching. Carter and a holographic Vincent appear and the sub is all set up for a romantic lunch. Allison is not happy. She was looking forward to some alone time. While they are tensely eating lunch, the subject of Allison not telling her family comes up again. They bicker and decide to do this lunch thing another time. While Jack is trying to remember the code to bring the sub up, they crash and lose main power. They are trapped on a ledge in the lake over a very long drop. Andy tries to talk to Fargo about leaving the smart house for a while, but by his response, it is apparent to Andy that something is very wrong and he's worried about losing Holly. After a few other mishaps, Joe shuts down Feynman Day. Things go from bad to worse when the sub drops even farther down into Lake Archimedes. Allison explains to Carter that she's worried about what happens if the relationship does not work out. There's more at stake now, and there's other people involved, namely the kids. The sub can no longer stand the strain and begins taking on water. It is not long before Zane figures out that the water is a factor in all the unauthorized incidents. Henry determines that the water is from Lake Archimedes. Dr. Fowler was not giving 100% of the details when he reported his brachiopods missing. He had been trying to use his matter relocator to move samples of brachiopods and water from the lake to a tank in GD. Apparently, he missed the tank and flooded GD. Joe notices a piece of the marine lab in the ceiling, a very important piece, which Fowler must have relocated mistakenly. She knows that Jack and Allison may be in trouble, and they are. 
The sub is filling with water. The equipment in GD cannot seem to locate them. Finally, Alice and Jack think to use holographic Vincent to deliver a message and a location. Their only hope is to use Fowler's matter relocator, which really doesn't work. They have to try to target them by their DNA. As the sub fills with water, they put their difficulties aside and ask Henry to marry them right away. They say I do as the water fills the cabin, and they are relocated to GD. Zane has finally figured out that he really is the head of Section 5. Fargo gives him a nice speech about being thrown in the deep end and having to swim. Zane tells Joe that his first project will be trying to save Holly. She's dying, and he wants to do this for Fargo. All of the smart house inhabitants offer to clear out so that Jack and Allison can be alone on their first day as a married couple, but they decide that they could live with all the chaos and ask them all to stay. So I just have to say one thing before I ask you what you think about this episode. Yeah. Okay, it was not all that long ago that Allison was terrorized by being trapped on a ship that prematurely launched, flying faster than light and heading for Titan. So who thought it was a good idea? To trap her in a submarine that launches unexpectedly for a surprise romantic lunch. Did that not occur to anybody? Uh, Okay, yeah, I didn't think of that. So I kind of throws a monkey wrench into my whole... No, go ahead. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but I have arguments for that too. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I mean, first off, this isn't the first episode that's been about Feynman's Day, right? I absolutely knew you were going to say that, yes. This is five years he's been there now. But I'm saying they've done episodes before about this. They've never done Feynman's Day. It's like April Fool's Day, so it should happen every year. Right. I'm trying to think if this was a theme before, but if you say that it's not, then whatever the case may be, it's been X amount of years that he's been there. Why is Jack acting like he's never heard of this before? Exactly. Just like the dog show and right. uh, something else I can't remember. It's like five years into a, into a series. You can't be introducing new ideas that you say are supposed to be an annual thing, you know? Well, they couldn't really do it two years into a series, but they did. They keep doing that. Yeah. So I kind of was like, Jack. Right. I I don't know. I feel like at at some point when you have that many things or people or computers in your house, you know, it's like a a variety show. And I'm giving Dr. Fargo tips on dating a non-traditional entity. Yes, because one of you dating my house wasn't non-traditional enough. Mm. It's just too much. At some point, why wouldn't Jack and Allison decide to maybe leave the house, go someplace else permanently? You know, leave that house for Sheriff Andy or Fargo or whatever. You know, I thought of that too, because I always wondered why they chose to live in Carter's house and not Allison's house, because Allison had a house. Right. Sarah doesn't react well. Do you remember, you know, when she thought they were all leaving town and she locked him in the house? Yeah. That's the only reason that I could think that they wouldn't move out. But, yeah, it it was turning into a zoo. Yeah. The time where they told Andy they had to talk about a schedule or something. Yeah. And that was a disaster because Carter treated him like he wasn't human. Right. And then he had a problem with Sarah. And then that's when Andy got stuck on Titan, so they almost lost him. So I think they let him have the run of the place now because of that he felt bad yeah and then of course they feel bad for fargo because holly's there and she can't go anywhere yeah but it is it's it's a zoo you know i would get sick of it i would think they'd want to move because joe moved out to give them space and that was even before she found out about the matrix relationship and all that stuff so i can understand allison having enough of it 
they haven't been able to get used to being a family, and now they have right. all these other people around. To me, it's just it, it feel very weird, very uncomfortable. I mean, just talking about the you know like the innuendos, the sexual innuendos between Sheriff Andy and the house, right? And then Fargo, and now Holly. Yeah. It's just you know a little uncomfortable. Yeah, like when Holly says they were servicing her. Yeah, exactly. I know. Okay, so what did you think about Allison's reaction? I mean, take away the reaction of them trapping her in a submarine, which I don't even know who thought of that idea. Yeah. And why nobody thought, oh, wait, maybe we shouldn't do that. But with Carter showing up with the surprise romantic lunch. All right, so this is me not thinking about her being trapped. In yeah, I'm saying forget that, yeah. Her whole attitude sucked in this episode. See, I could agree with her 100%. No, I can't. She wanted alone time, and this guy can't even give her that. He has to show up because he thinks that everybody wants him around. No, see, I, I didn't read it like that. I did. Because she said to him, I can't have five minutes alone. Surprise! You pulled a prank on me? Well, I wouldn't so much call it a prank as a surprise. I hate surprises. How do you not know that about me? Well, I didn't think it was a, it was a bad surprise. One moment alone, is that so much to ask for? Well, you know what? If you wanted five minutes alone, you go down, you get locked you get locked into this submarine, and then you're banging on the top asking if anybody's there. Of course <laughs> nobody's there because you want to be alone. Okay, but she wasn't expecting to be launched. She was expecting somebody to be there because the thing was launching. Why was it launching? Yeah, I didn't like her attitude. <laughs> I agreed with it a hundred thousand percent. No, I'm, see, I'm, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm with Carter. I felt bad for him. No, I didn't. Now, I think it was stupid for him to go into a submarine that he has no clue how to operate. If somebody gives you a code on how to, you know, get yourself out of trouble, I guess. Yeah. I would write that code down. I wouldn't <laughs> try to memorize with a song. But I feel bad for him because, you know, if she has a problem, this is the thing. Her issue wasn't that she wanted to be alone. Yes, it was. Go ahead. No, no that, see, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, that, that wasn't her. Her issue was the problem that she was having with Carter, with the family joining and afraid of if the relationship goes south, what would happen with her kids. And I understand that completely. But if that's the problem, you need to have that discussion. It's too late now. You've already moved in with him. He already has a relationship with your children. Right. You know, she has a relationship, whatever the relationship is with Zoe. I'm sure it's not as strong because Zoe's not around. Right. But if that's your issue, then you need to have that discussion up front. You don't wait until after he proposes and you make a big stink about, you know, the whole thing and not asking her out, this, that, the other. And then when he says, you know, can we pick a date? The guy's excited. He wants to get married and you're just going to blow him off because you have this issue, but you don't want to talk about it. You, you want to pretend like, oh, I just want to be alone. You're right. They needed to you talk know, like, about I, it. I, if, you, if you have an issue in that kind of relationship where you're talking about moving to the next step, you got to sit down. You got to talk about it. You don't go off and, you know, Carter's thinking that, okay, when she says she wants to be alone, maybe she wants it to just be the two of them. No, they haven't had any time together, so... I understand her being maybe a little freaked out with the whole spaceship thing, but I think she went about it the wrong way, and I think her attitude sucked. 
I agree that they need to talk about it. And I think her having these feelings was part of the reason. I mean, number one, she's living in chaos. So they don't get to talk about anything alone. They have Sarah, they have Holly. You know, even if Fargo isn't there, they have Holly and Sarah. So they don't get to talk about anything. And I think the fact that they were living in chaos, I don't think she really probably thought of these issues when he first proposed to her. But I think because they were living in such chaos, it brought them more to the surface. But as somebody who never gets to be alone, I get exactly what she's mean. And the meaner she got is exactly how mean I would get. Because believe me, I never get to be alone and I get very resentful if I get an hour to myself and somebody screws that up. Yeah. I get really resentful about it. So I get that. I get how nasty she was getting about it. I feel bad for Carter because she didn't tell her her family yet. I don't feel bad for him because he intruded on her time alone. And she probably wanted that time alone so she could clear her head and think about these issues. That's the way I feel about it. I knew how you were going to feel about it. Well, because the, the face that he gives when she makes comments, I've made that same exact face before. I know exactly what he was, and I'm sure a lot of men feel that way. And I'm sure a lot of, probably a lot of women feel the way that you feel. I know I've been in that very same situation where you think you're doing something nice. You, you, you go out of your way to do something uh, for the other person, not just for him. I don't think this had anything to do with him. I think he was trying to do this for her. Right. And just the fact that she shows no appreciation at all. Nothing. All she had to do if she really wanted to be alone was just say, you know, this is great. I really appreciate it. He went through a lot of trouble. But I really did just want to be alone. And I think if she said that to him, then I think he would have been like, oh, okay, fine. But the fact that she made that big stink at the house about not telling her family and then him kind of prying, being like, well, what are you doing? Why aren't you saying anything to, to your family about this? And her blowing it off completely. Yeah, sure. Now his goal, number one, is to find out, well, why isn't she saying anything to anybody? Absolutely. So yeah, he's going to pry. He's going to try. He's going to now invade her space because he needs to find out why isn't she saying anything because now all the thoughts are running through his head. So I, no, I am team Jack on this. <laughs> um, Nope, I'm not going to cave on this one. You're saying that all she had to say was, I really wanted to be alone. That doesn't work. Because now the other person's the victim, and they play the victim card. Oh, I did this nice thing for you. I didn't ask you to do this nice thing for me. Don't make a list of nice things you've done for me when I don't want you to do these nice things for me. Absolutely. I would take that. I would I would put it in my back pocket and I would save it for later on. I know. There's an argument. I would say, well, what about all those nice things that I did for you and you didn't appreciate it? If it's something I didn't want. It's because sometimes it's nice to do something for somebody even though they don't ask for, ask for it. It is. Yes. I'm not caving on. I'm not caving on this one. I'm trying not to get into specifics because I have a lot of examples of this. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not caving on this. Well, neither am I. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. We know that Allison has these issues. She had sort of these kind of issues before. In the X-Files, when Nathan and Tess came back, Mm -hmm. that was all about her being afraid of losing. Like, Nathan died, and apparently her first husband died. We never really 
actually knew what happened to him. So this was her afraid of getting into a relationship and then losing him because he was in such a dangerous profession. Yeah. It seems like because Nathan had to come back and Tess had to come back for her to realize that's what her problem was. It seems like she doesn't always realize what her problem is right at first. Yeah, well, with someone with such a high IQ, you would think they should be able to figure it out. But it doesn't always seem like she can. It seems like she needs, like I said in that episode, she needed Tess to tell her. She needs time to herself, is that what you're saying? And yes, she needs time to herself. Okay. She was mean. Yes, she was mean. But you know what? I think I would get that way, too. And the more he acted like the victim, the meaner she got. Oh, this from the guy who took four years to ask me out? I mean, what is the big rush? Okay. We don't have an anchor. All right. Can, can we, uh, maybe fire torpedoes? Jack, this is a marine lab, not the Red October. Think, oh, think. seriously? Yes, Jack, you are the genius. You know what, Jack? This is your issue, not mine. What do you think? I go around comparing your IQ with my previous husband's? I do now. <laughs> you know what? Me and my genius IQ are going to go back to saving our lives. And I'll be back. Please. Stop banging. It's clearly not working. But he had lots of insecurity about his intelligence, and that was never an issue with them. Yeah, but, I mean, if, again, if she says that I didn't tell my family about our relationship or them getting married, and she can't tell him why she hasn't said that, you are going to go through the Rolodex of all the things that you're insecure about, and you're going to go through you know, one by one, and you're going to try and figure out why, what's the hesitate, what's her hesitation on telling anybody about the relationship. Right. And I get that. He's always been, he's always been insecure about his intelligence with everybody else. True. Why would that be any different with her? Maybe that is the issue. Maybe she's embarrassed that, you know, he's more or less an idiot. But, (laughs) but she's not, and we know she's not. And I understand the Rolodex because I have a Rolodex in my head. I get that. And she didn't mean to tell him that her parents didn't know yet. That kind of slipped out. And they can't talk about it right then and there because they're surrounded by all these other people. So wouldn't wouldn't it be nice to go someplace where it's just the two of them, where they can have this discussion, like in a submarine? It just seemed like she was too aggravated at that point with everybody around and everything to have a civil conversation. You know, there's times when you can have a civil conversation and there's times you know you can't. Yeah. And it seemed like she knew she couldn't, which was obvious once he broke into her time alone. And the more he pushed it, the snippier she got about it. Yeah. So I'm still on Team Allison. So we were talking about everybody in the house and how Carter wanted Andy to talk to Fargo. Yeah. And we got the feeling, obviously, that something was wrong. Guys, here's a thought. You know how college roommates have a sign to let the other one know they're getting busy inside? <clears throat> uh, a, my college experience did not involve a lot of getting busy. And B, does the compound word non sequitur mean anything to you? I'm going somewhere with this. <clears throat> Seeing as how we're both romantically involved with this house to one degree or another, perhaps we should have a similar system. Like today, for example, we could pretend that I put out the sign and you have to go. <laughs> now, I'm not going anywhere. To be fair, you have been monopolizing all of our time and You and Sarah have an eternity to spend together. Holly and I might only have... Wait, might only... It wasn't just he didn't want to leave her. He was afraid to leave her. Right, yeah. She was going to be gone. Yeah, you know, my only issue was the fact that he's not bathing. (laughs) It would be my only thing, you know. Like, I would just... If you're going to stay at the house, you need to shower. 
at least. <laughs> or something. I don't want your stink. Right. You know, on all my furniture. I mean, because he looked completely disheveled. Yeah. Yeah, you, got, you need to do something about that. Yeah, and we don't know how many days that's been or weeks or what it's been. Right. We haven't seen Kevin in a long time, and he was there. Yeah. The Feynman Day stuff was funny. I mean, Joe was kind of over the top. Yeah. Subjected to unapproved discipline. No, no, not approved. Listen up, global. Feynman Day is over. Anyone perpetrating a prank, authorized or not, will be spending the night in lockup. Really? Zane wants discipline. I give him discipline. I think the funniest one that I saw was the uh, guy walking around with the kick me stick <laughs> on his back. <laughs> That's right. Forgot about that one. Yeah, out of the science type of pranks that everyone was pulling, like somebody decided to stick to- a sticker. Nice old-fashioned, old-school. Zane gets promoted. That was funny, too. When Larry tries to tell Zane he got uh, promoted. Oh, yeah, well, he was speaking like Beaker. Yeah. <laughs> He got promoted to Section 5 and won't believe it. Yeah. And then we find out he actually did. And Fargo, again, he was afraid to leave Holly because she might be gone. But there, when there was an emergency at GD, he got yeah. his act together and he went. Yeah, he's matured very much. Right. And Zane didn't know why he would promote him to the head of Section 5 because he's not leadership material. Yeah. And the speech he gave him about how he wasn't leadership material until he jumped timelines and all of a sudden he's head of GD and he had to yeah. step up. That was nice. I liked that. When they were in the sub and it was filling up with water, it took the memory of the meat explosion for Allison to see. I can't say what I'm trying to say. Carter was all upset. He says, we're going to trust the guy who exploded meat, his device to... What? Oh, I can't even think of the word. Relocator. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to trust the guy that, you know, that exploded the meat to relocate us. Allison said, and as she said it, you could see her expression changing. She said, we can't worry about the future. We can only worry about now. Because he was afraid they were going to be relocated who knows where. Allison, we're trusting our lives to this thing that relocated a slab of beef into oblivion. Now, what if it mixes our DNA with, like, fish and they end up like mer people? I mean, do they even think about stuff like that? Jack, we have to stop worrying about what might happen and start focusing on what we can do right now. Right, that too, yeah. And she says to him, we can't worry about that. We just have to worry about right now. And then you could see her face change and her realizing, yeah, she should take her own advice. Yeah. Just one more thing. I've settled on a date. What? Marry me, Jack. Right now. Are you sure? I mean, I've pictured something a little different. And of course, what we do is we can't go back. I don't want to go back. 
So that was good. And then Joe got to be the maid of honor, but she doesn't get to wear a dress. So she must have been disappointed. Well, was the wedding really legit? I mean... Apparently it was. I don't know. I, uh, I was kind of looking forward to being best man. Gagarini, me both! <laughs> well, who's going to need a maid of honor? I'm talking to her now. All right, then. Um, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Uh, uh, Henry, how about the Cliff Notes version? Right. Do you, Jack Carter, take Allison Blake to be your lawfully wedded wife, for richer or for poorer, for as long as you both shall live? I do. And do you, Allison Blake, take Jack Carter to be your lawfully wedded husband, so long as you both shall live? I do. Then, if there are no objections... Well, hold on. What? Just I mean, you know, we're not just doing this because... I mean, we're, we're really doing this, right? I love you, Jack. Good answer. Bring us home, Henry! Then I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I know. There's a little more logistics that you have to go through, but well, sure, it's sure, more. it's a TV show. Yeah, yeah, it was legit though. Apparently, when they patched through with uh, virtual Vincent and uh, Carter through Vincent is like we we got caught in like a vortex or something. Yeah, <laughs> and Henry's reaction was like, "Oh, it's Jack." <laughs> <I know. laughs> Mayday! Mayday! Vincent, what are you? Hello. Anyone there? Can you hear me? Okay, we need help. We just got vortexed or something. Oh my God, it's Jack. I don't know if it was meant to be funny or if like, you know, he just was, he kind of figured out that it was Jack being, you know, trapped. But Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was meant to be funny. Yeah. Zane, his first project is to help Holly. He tells Joe that she's dying. Yeah. We knew something was wrong. So he's going to do that for Fargo. But it was nice that Allison made a point of talking to Joe after the ceremony, telling her that she was her maid of honor, and not just because she was the only girl there. Yeah. So it seems like they're back to normal, even though they argued about the Matrix in the submarine. Yeah, she made a comment. Joe will know what to do. She's built for this sort of rescue. Great. Maybe she'll wear her sexy catsuit for the occasion. I saw you two in the corner of GD this morning, whispering together. You were whispering about this. She's the one to help me pull it off. Well, look how great it's turned out. You're, you're still hung up on her? It was a fake relationship between a fake her and a fake me in a fake computer world. A fake computer world designed to follow a plausible course of events. If you think that I spend my day comparing computer world Joe to you, that's your issue. Not mine. Did she ever, um, when Joe was talking to Carter... But Carter was actually Allison. She apologized in the next episode, but it took her the whole episode to do it. Allison apologized? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was trying to think if, uh, if I can't remember. Joe figured it out. Okay. Now, I don't know if she ever told him. Yeah. Joe figured it out, and she did go to her and end up apologizing for it. Okay. Well, I hope that they finally just put the whole Matrix thing to rest. Well, it kind of sounded like they did because Allison going up to her and saying, you are my maid of honor. It seems like everything's okay. And the last episode when Zane was on his honesty tour with Joe, somewhere along the line when, oh, when he told Allison she looked smoking hot, Carter walked up and he walked away and said, Carter, like he greeted him, which he hasn't done since they came back. Yeah. It seems like everything's moving and getting back to normal. This was kind of like a bridge episode to move on to the next arc. Yeah. It seems like all the Matrix stuff 
well, the Matrix issues that they had is over with. And now we're moving on to another uh, arc. So did you have anything else? No, I don't think so. I felt bad for Fowler at the end. Yeah, he got redacted again. Yeah. I mean, you could get a break. This time it was his fault, though. Yeah, but how many times has somebody at GD almost killed somebody? Right. But I think the the point here was he just told Joe his whatever they were were missing. He didn't tell her that he relocated a tank full of water from the lake, which is also missing. Oh, and you know what I just thought of right before we came on here? Remember I was telling you the story of Car Wash last episode? Yeah. And I told you the producer's name was Welky or Welk? Yep. And I just realized that they must have named a character after him. Do you remember when the cow melted? That was early on, wasn't it? No, it was just, it was this, was it this season or last season? It was not too long ago. Carter's Jeep melted and the cow melted. He got cut from the Astraeus mission because his cow melted. Okay. His name was Dr. Wilkie. Oh. And I was like, duh. I just thought of it. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of it, but I did. So they must have named the character after him. We argued about Allison and Carter for like 17 minutes. Yeah. And they would continue this argument for another four days. See, I have it in my notes right here. BS excuse. I'm worried about losing what we have. Do you really think that's going to happen? I think that it's already happening. We have gotten so caught up in the romance of things, we haven't stopped to think about reality. The merging of our households, our family, and the chaos of it all. Jack, our kids will become our kids. What if things don't work out? I never thought about it not working out. It's something that we have to consider. What you and I have built together is sacred to me. And if we do this and it doesn't work out, we will never be able to go back the way things were. I think that was a BS excuse on our part. <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't have anything else. I think I'm okay. Okay. We'll see you next week or whenever. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye. Stop. Um, nobody's going anywhere. Fargo, in light of Holly, I think maybe your responsibilities can wait. And Andy, why don't you take a sick day? <laughs> Kevin, Jenna, you were playing hooky today. So you guys really want to deal with total chaos on your first full day as husband and wife? You bet we do. Our life is total chaos, and we wouldn't want it any other way. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for Season 5, Episode 9. Smarter Quarter. Bye, see you later. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter, at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.